0: In 1898, the British Egyptologists James Quibell and Frederick Green uncovered a slab of greenish-gray slate-like stone in the ruins of an early temple at the Upper Egyptian site of Hierakonpolis. This was not a find which, like Tutankhamun's tomb 24 years later, would bring the world's journalists racing to the scene, but its discoverers were almost immediately aware of its importance. Like the Rosetta Stone, this carved slab, the Narmer Palette, would have powerful repercussions for the study of ancient Egypt, spreading far beyond its immediate significance at Hierakonpolis. For the next century or so, this object would be variously interpreted by Egyptologists attempting to solve numerous different problems, from the political origins of the Egyptian state to the nature of Egyptian art and writing. No single object can necessarily typify an entire culture, but the Narmer Palette is one of a few surviving artifacts from the Nile Valley that are so iconic and so rich in information that they can act as microcosms of certain aspects of ancient Egyptian culture as a whole. The Narmer Palette The palette is one of the first exhibits to be encountered by visitors to the Egyptian Museum in Cairo. It is a shield-shaped slab of greenish stone, 63 centimeters high, with carved low-relief decoration on both faces, and it is usually dated to the final century of the 4th millennium B.C. On the front, there is a depiction of intertwined, long-necked lions, serpipards held on leashes by two bearded men symmetrical pairs of tamed beasts such as these seem to be adapted from early Mesopotamian perhaps Elamite iconography but in an Egyptian context, they may specifically represent the enforced unification of the two halves of the country which is a theme in Egyptian art and texts throughout the Pharaonic period The circle formed by the entwining necks of the serpopods ingeniously creates the depression or saucer in which pigments for eye paint might have been crushed, the original purpose of these palettes. But it is unclear whether such significant ceremonial artifacts as the Narmer palette were ever actually used for this function. Highly charged ritual objects such as these perhaps transcended the supposed function of the thing itself, as they took on the role of offerings dedicated to the Hierakonpolis temple. On other ceremonial palettes of similar type, the circular depression can have the unwanted effect of interrupting the smooth flow of the scenes depicted. Compare, for instance, the Two Dog Palette, also excavated by Quibell and Green at Hierakonpolis where there are once again two long-necked lions on the front, but the depression simply sits between the necks rather than being created by them, or the battlefield pallet, where the depression interrupts a row of captives. In the top register on the front of the palette, above the two serpopods, the artist has carved the striding bearded figure of an early Egyptian ruler, probably identified as a man called Narmer, judging by the hieroglyphs both in front of him and in the serek frame in the center of the top of the palette between the two cows' heads. He is shown in the so-called Red Crown, which is first attested on a potsher dating to the Nakata I period, 4,000 to 3,500 BC, and eventually became connected with the control of Lower Egypt. But whether it had yet developed this association in the time of Nakata I or even Narmer is uncertain. He is also carrying a mace and a flail and wearing a tunic tied over his left shoulder with a bull's tail hanging from the waist. The king is taking part in a procession with six other people, including two figures about half his size, who are behind and in front of him on the pallet, but are perhaps intended to be regarded as walking on either side of him in reality. These two men, both clean-shaven, evidently represent high officials. The one to the left is evidently a sandal-bearer, since he carries a pair of sandals in one hand and a small vessel in the other while a pectoral, or perhaps royal seal, is tied around his neck by a cord. A single hieroglyph in a rectangular frame or box is placed behind and above his head, this sign probably being a representation of a reed float, but of uncertain meaning in this context, is usually rendered phonetically as Underscored DB3. He also has two different signs in front of his head, apparently a superimposed rosette sign and the dotted H-M sign that later came to have several meanings, including servant. The official to the right is represented at a slightly larger scale and is shown wearing a wig and a leopard-skin costume, as well as possibly writing equipment slung around his neck. He may be identified by two hieroglyphs above his head spelling the word underscore T-T. "'probably an early version of the word for vizier.'